welcome to the Movie Dummies. This is a Movie Dummies podcast special edition. Spoiler alert. You've been warned. Oh, that's very dramatic, Joe. Oh. We are the Movie Dummies, and we have a special spoiler cast edition of the movie Ready Player One. I am Joe. I'm Shannon. Who's eating? Not eating. (laughs) Matt is not eating. All right, Ready Player One, guys. Ready Player One, a 2000-level novel written by one Ernest Klein, and it tells the story of one young man's hunt for a VR open-world video game Easter egg. This young man, Parzival, is searching for this egg not merely just for fun, but because it is part of a contest devised by the game's creator, James Halliday. The goal is to find a key that leads to a gate where a challenge faces the user. There are three such challenges with a copper, jade, and crystal key and gate. Parzival and his cohort H, along with new friends he meets along the way, Artemis, Diato, and Shoto, work against an evil internet internet conglomerate, IOI, and their soulless leader, Nolan Sorrento, to complete their quest for Halliday's egg. In the end, Parzival is triumphant, and Sorrento is defeated both privately and publicly, and he decides to split the winnings and control of the Oasis with his friends. Uh, the movie is almost completely different, despite the fact that my abbreviated rundown of the book would probably also be a fairly accurate rundown of the movie. (laughs) Um, But let's look at three categories going forward, okay? What's the same? What's changed? And um, I don't know how to put this. Is it good? (laughs) (laughs) Is it good? How good was it? Let's just say that. So Hmm. what's the same, all right? Uh, There's a character named Wade. (laughs) Yeah. The characters are all there. The Oasis, like, at its core seems largely the same it's oh yeah the oasis is pretty much the same i think it's pretty well representative of the book Mm-hmm. yeah wade is pretty mm-hmm. much the same although they don't go into uh the depth of his character being poor and the fact that it's expensive to travel the oasis hey, right. hey we're only talking about what's the same i mean they kind of touched on that he had to like go behind the other racers to get coins which the race wasn't even in the book but you know yeah well, the, the it, whole it, it, beginning is different. The whole first yeah. key. Yeah. And, like, what did you think about... Okay, let's go to the very first huge, ginormous change, is the race. And the fact that he, just in voiceover, he says somebody else figured out the clue for the race. Right. Not which, Parzival. Right, which takes away from a huge point in the book of Parzival's legacy, is that he's the one who figures out where the copper key is. Right, Exactly. He doesn't just figure out how to win the key, which he does on his first try, with, you know, much to the chagrin of Artemis, who'd been trying for months. Right. But they did kind of allow him to get the first key. Yeah, and I mean, they, he still they gets the key to. first. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't different. So should we talk about the truncated storyline? The truncated? Sure. Yeah, so what do you think the span of the book is, time-wise? <sighs> Uh, it's got to be months at least. It's at least months because he says him and Artemis yeah. hang out for like six months. I would yeah, even it's, say it's. it's I like, would say it's close to a year. Yeah, probably a year, year and a half. And even like if you include the beginning of like his school time, mm-hmm. his school time. <laughs> well, we don't even. The movie does not put him in a school setting. No, would to you me, say that the ages have been progressed here? Yeah, so I think the book could have been. Maybe at least two years. Maybe at most, you know, I would say m- at most two. Yeah, years. at most. And it, if they would have 
portrayed it identical to the book, that would have made maybe a three to four movie. Right. Which story. which is going to lead me to part of the thing at the end is what I'm going to say is I think this movie would work better as a series. Which, yeah. I mean, they could have done it by the book and still kept it within two and a half hours, but they would have had to been like four weeks later. Or, right. You know, he could, <laughs> like he'd SpongeBob. Voice, <laughs> he'd voice over like, I've been at this for weeks. Yeah. Something like that. But, I think no matter how it was going to go, it was going to be rushed. Right. Um, yeah. So like what Ernest Klein did was, and I think another thing that he had to do was, there's just no way they're going to get the licensing for everything mentioned in the book. It's just not no, possible. Not they did get a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, right. Uh, but I think what he had to do for the movie script was he had to figure out what they could get and then worked backwards. Yep. Yeah. And I think that I, you can kind I of think, feel that. Yeah, I think they still could have kept the or the first key uh, to what they had actually done in the book. Just maybe they couldn't get the licensing for whatever game it was they played, get a different game. Because obviously you could get yeah, joust. joust. Yeah. What I think the problem with that was is Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Uh, I don't think people would have been that enthralled with a Dungeons and Dragons type adventure through an underworld, but he knew that seeing a DeLorean race the bike from Akira in a monster truck against King Kong, that would be cool. And those are all things that Spielberg's been involved in and, you know, the production company and stuff, so they didn't have to fight for rights for it. So that was one thing that I liked about the movie, that even though we read so many references to... (laughs) whether it's our childhood or um, our past, so to speak, there were still a lot of pieces that I enjoyed in the movie that weren't necessarily, well, there was a lot in the book. But, like, an example of this is the Iron Giant is going down into the lava, (laughs) and he puts his thumb up. It's a T2 reference. Exactly, and that wasn't in the book. Well, the book is... um, the book is written from Ernest Klein's perspective, 70s and 80s pop culture. Right. This movie is more towards our age. 80s. 80s and 90s. 90s. Yeah. There were some 70s references. But some, but I mean, right. it's not Rush and... Yeah, know. they didn't even have a Rush song. That was like the most upsetting part of the movie. They had a Rush yeah, poster. They had the poster, but, but where's the Tom yeah. Sawyer, you know? Right. Oh, God, I wanted to hear that song. Just, <laughs> I mean, just the in, the beginning would be a great intro to any scene. Where there's right. some action going down, but Gundam um, also Gundam also originated originated in like '79. So, but I think it reached its height in the '90s, following yes. the especially in America, following the Power Rangers. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that it's been pushed forward for a couple reasons. One is those rights for a lot of that stuff. I don't. I can't imagine Ultraman would be hard to get. But now we're talking about foreign studios and foreign investment and. Exactly. The money, the money leaving the United yeah. States. And I think this is where issues start to creep in. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Iron Giant was dope. Oh, it was. It's, it's one of my favorite movies. But, uh, you know. And I think it might have been a little bit too overwhelming to put everything in. And it was kind of nice <laughs> that it had... Because it had a lot in there. Like, I was... Yeah, I've watched this more than once. And I was noticing the final battle and... I saw um, Judge Dredd, and I was like, "Oh, oh there's so many people in that final battle." I was there's like, "I want to pause it to see all the everyone." Street Fighter guys, all the Halo yeah, guys. All, there's it's Battle Toads. Oh, Battle Toads, yeah. Girls. And so I, 
I would say as a fan, I'm not going to complain because it had bags and bags and bags of wonderfulness that I enjoyed. And I was excited to see. And actually, the second time I watched the film, I actually teared up and got sad because I don't know why. I was so happy (laughs) Um, for him getting the key and when he was saying goodbye to Halliday at the end. And that was just a, a different take. You know, from the book altogether again. Yeah, absolutely. And it was for Wade to I mean, learn from the mistakes of Halliday, his idol. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the, it was different, but the sentiment was exactly the same. Right. And that's another huge part. I think that while they they changed a great portion of the material, I think that it very much also stayed the same. Yeah, the spirit of what yeah. exactly it was about is largely untouched. Mm-hmm. So like I think the I think the biggest part was like you said, Joe, is uh, he you know Parsifal finds the first clue himself instead of oh somebody else figured this out, so we're gonna have right. a race. Yeah, and I think that his intelligence and his overall Halliday knowledge as a Halliday scholar is very downplayed in the movie. Where in the book he is like he's you know he's obviously one piece of a puzzle, and Artemis is the other piece, and together those two pretty much figure out all of it. Right. You know? So it's like their relationship is very much representative of the thing Halliday missed out on with right. uh, his girl that yeah. ended up marrying Og. Karen. Karen, is that her name? Well, Kira is her game name. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Karen's her real name. Karen yeah, yeah, yeah. Upton. That, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So, like, it's all still there in the movie, though. That That dynamic about him and Artemis being... Yeah, you know, the same. And the other thing that they had they had to change um, is that the book is told completely from Wade's point of view, and you can't really be inclusive to other characters of the movie unless you're doing film noir. You know, if you can do a film noir version of Ready Player One, um, <laughs> yeah, they changed the the point of view to a, the, all the different characters, basically. Right, whoever whoever's in the holding. scene. Yeah, and with that, they changed a lot of Wade's a lot of the stuff Wade got to do went to other people. Exactly. Like, for example, the scene where Artemis gets taken into the... Indentured servitude, whatever it was called. Right. Into the Sixer compound, so to speak. Well, it's called something else. What is it called? Jeez. I don't remember. They called them indents. Yeah. Well, that's what they called it in the book, but they call it something else in the movie. So, loyalty centers. Loyalty centers, that's, that's right. Yeah. So, that was different. But, like you said, Joe, it wasn't a bad take in it no i think that's great yeah but you know honestly i sat down to watch this movie the first time and i had the hardest time letting go of let it go different it was let it go from the book like i really wanted it to be similar to the book that i had a hard time just liking the movie to begin with well i think that's what we're gonna get out of such a well-written book and such a just something that's so well done i mean can we all agree here that that book is a masterpiece I, oh, yes. I would read it again, yeah. He is working on a sequel, right? Yes. yes. Ready Player Two. And, uh, <laughs> Matt and just I'm, came. I'm very appreciative of everybody <laughs> together, and they were writing the script or the screenplay, whatever you call it, that they allowed it to be seen by you know, young kids. It wasn't inappropriate. That, yeah, that, that book's an R. <laughs> yeah, the book, definitely. Like yeah. We're reading it to our kids, and we're like, we're skipping that. Because you don't need to know that. But you come to the movie and the only like 
part that kind of scared my son was the shining scene yeah. <laughs> of the scary zombies. And Luke looks at me and he's like, that wasn't in the book. Yeah. Can we talk about how dope that was? I don't know how it was done. I, it's obviously some sort of green screen. They recreated the sets in green, right? And they just overlaid yep. exact angles, shining footage. Right. From the movie, yep. from Kubrick's Shining, right? Pretty cool. Is, that's the only way it was done, right? Sure. I don't yep. know. Because you Seems get a right. completely different sense as far as film grain and everything once they go into that ballroom and start zombie dancing. Yep. Right. Yeah, it, it was intense. I was like, this is dope. I kind of wanted war games. You know, I kind of wanted to right. see that. Because in the book, for all of you who don't know... Uh, he had to play through war games like it was a movie. He had to remember dialogue. He was a person. And, he had, yeah, he was Matthew Broderick's character, and he had to say the dialogue, and he got extra bonus points for do, using the right inflection. And yep. can we all agree that would be really fun? It would have been. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. And Matt would do Braveheart. <laughs> Maybe. Thanks, because I can't. No, no, he's seen it so many times. There's a know. joke between me and Matt. Gotcha. But before you saw this movie, Matt, was there a uh-huh. scene that you were lo- really looking forward to seeing oh, on the call. big screen? Oh boy, um, man! Because I mean the, the the final battle for sure, which they did a very epic job at portraying. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I think that that's the that's the main one. But I the rest of the book, I mean, I just wanted to see everything. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not the type. I think I've, I I kind of looked on the internet briefly, and I think people some fools are upset that like it doesn't follow the bucket like to the T but that doesn't that never has like upset me uh in any film or portrayal of anything because I just I can look at things separately I know a lot of people get kind of bent out of shape about a lot of different movies and stuff like oh my god they ruined the character because they made it different like well, I, I think know. the DNA of all these characters is pretty much the same yeah um, I think I agree so well, I think it was more that the people were upset that they didn't you know right they, the you you just couldn't. There's just no way in two and a half hours right. you could tell the story right. of the book. The only thing, and I said this on my movie review um, on moviedummies.com. 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 <laughs> Sexy they, Matt. They could have, because it was a two hour and 20 minute movie, they could have added 10, even 20 minutes to put this little gap okay. between... Wade Are we going and to Samantha. the only real issue, like the only actual gripe of the whole movie? Yeah, so to if me, you're this not a, is the if, only gripe. If you're not a book fanboy and you're not, you know, just looking into to create problems with the film, like if you just scrap everything, if you were going into this knowing nothing, there is a legitimate issue with this movie. Yes. And they have Wade tell Artemis he loves her mm-hmm. and they don't show why on screen. We know why because we read the book. Yes, and so I... And they spent months mm-hmm. together, you know, hanging out, becoming friends. And he, like, followed her, let's say, on social media way before he met her. So right. it's like well, they kind of Well, they kind of mentioned that in the movie. They're like, oh, is she's, you know, she's from this, whatever the... the I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, he says like, he's obsessed with her. Right. But, right. like, that doesn't equal love. And they don't have right. to spend enough time together on screen to, to validate that choice. Right. Well... Uh, I think it might be uh, kind of like alluding to that, that he actually isn't really in love with her, but later on that he would fall in love with her with 
through you know everything that they've been through sure i get that Um, yeah right and i don't think it was like oh you know he's he's in love with her but it doesn't make sense because how could he be i think it was he thought he was in love with her but he's not really but that does steal from the people who read the book because at the at the ball or at the dance whatever the hell you want to call it the nightclub with the floating gravity he does tell her that's when he does tell her he loves her and she has the same reaction you're a fool yep um and uh groaner or anything (laughs) quit making up words he said it in the movie (laughs) uh what was i saying oh yeah i did not say that's where he said that's where he said that he loved her for the first time but at that point in time he genuinely did they had spent months together right researching and watching movies enjoying all their favorite stuff together becoming best friends and whatever so right so i just so i I do get what matt's saying maybe i had a hard time separating the movie from the book at that point right i'm really curious how i a person who's not read the book what their take is well i'm assuming what matt means is when he says i love you at the at the nightclub he's it's like a childish thing mm-hmm. but it yeah. grows into actual love by the end of the film right right he's, he's got like a, a infectious that's not infatuation infatuation crush Puppy on her. love infat wiener yep, yep. okay Ooh. so i'm Can gonna i'm gonna lessen my gripe a little bit i think Matt, I think you uh, have weeded out the weasel in this scenario, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I mean, it would have been hard. Like, they could have done just, like, a stupid montage of them, like, right. oh, we're laughing You're while we're on a date. So but they Been did the right thing. They did not do that. a long so. time. <laughs> and that's, that was my gripe. I was yeah, like, yeah. they could have added a 10-minute scene to show that no they Cisco CD. did all this stuff. <laughs> So uh, yeah, it could it could have been handled slightly better, I guess, to make it less confusing for the people who read the book. Mm-hmm. Douchebags like me, for sure. So um, there was a moment that I was looking forward to. Joe was asking me what I wanted to see in the movie, and like you, Matt, it's like, of course, you want to see it yeah, all. Yeah, I, I said the same thing. I wanted to see the final battle, but of course, it there was nothing like seeing him holding that egg. And this is when I cried the second time watching the movie, just him holding the egg and holiday talking to him. That, you know, this wasn't about the game. At the egg all. was right. what I pictured in my head either. I know. And that yeah. moment got me. And I was just like, looks like, are you crying? And I was like, yeah, like it really means more than what you think it means. Like just right. stop and think about it. And he was like, it's a golden egg. <laughs> kids you know <laughs> so what do you guys think about the okay i don't remember really the implication of this in the book at all but in the movie they imply that halliday has uploaded his consciousness into the oasis this yeah. is what i'm excited about and he is alive still right well they i thought they kind of sort of touched on that in the book like slightly there because he's like well he oh, doesn't well, ever you're... talk to halliday though he only talks to what's Og? Oh, uh, yeah. No. Anorak. 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 Yeah. I thought he did talk to Halliday. He doesn't ever shift back to Halliday, I don't think. In the book? In the book. At the end? Yeah, Hmm. he doesn't. Yeah, he just talks to Anorak, and Anorak's like, now you're a wizard. And and actually, he wears Anorak's robes. Right. At the end in the book, but not. Over that. Yeah. Do they they discuss in the movie either the fact that he has, like, a god mode? He can do whatever he wants in the Oasis? No. No. Well, they, they showed the big like button. <laughs> yeah, he's he can shut it off, but they don't ever say what his avatar's abilities are. Maybe I'm, I'm I might have uh, misremembered that. Did they say it in the preamble? 
Yeah, because I thought when they showed like his the anorak for the first time, they were like, "Oh yeah, he's you know, he's like the the master." Put it, yeah, they said something like he's you know, his character is the omnipotent type of whatever in this in the oasis or Hmm. whatever. However, they worded it. I thought they say your avatar would be granted special powers. I do remember that now at the beginning, Halliday when he's doing his little speech. Right. Yeah. Another moment in the film, not to like cut us off, another moment in the film that we all knew who read the book was coming was the quarter. And oh, yeah. How did you like that change? That was awesome. <laughs> How did you? Yeah, because well, I, I did not see that. that. I, mean, I was like, oh, it was Og. <laughs> How did you like the change with Og? Cause yeah, I loved it. I thought that was actually better than the book, to be honest. You so. didn't like Pac-Man? No, but I think it would have been I mean, hard. That was, no, that was good. I just thought it was better that Og actually was like around the whole time instead that, of like right that Og from well, the view screens or whatever in right. his mansion that they all went to. In the book, he's around a lot too, but that's because he has like invisible powers. This way, it made it more funny. Well, right, like, right, yeah. At first, I thought the reason why he was like a butler in the museum or whatever is because he was Ask Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> you know wow. what I mean? Yeah. And I thought that's that was like a joke they were going for, because right. if it's eighties and nineties, we remember Ask Jeeves, right? Oh, yes. Right, that would be a thing we would know. And he's like a search provider. Mm-hmm. That I thought that was the joke. No, the joke was he was right. instead of great. being hidden, hidden, he he's like hidden in plain view. Plus, you couldn't have him beat Pac Man on screen. That would take too long. Exactly, and I thought <laughs> that would have. As much as we enjoyed the book, it's just I didn't want to see that. Big right. deal. We, I hate watching people. have another montage with, and you're the best around. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but that's another one of those things. Like, I imagine the Oasis being much bigger. And, like, we saw this tiny window of what the Oasis is. But I imagined it so much bigger than what it was. I mean, they showed, uh, like, in the beginning when they were explaining oh, Minecraft was, world like, all, and, all right. the planets and stuff. And I don't know if they kind of failed to allude to that like oh there's definitely you know so much more than this but i don't know you, I, you, I think you're right though that i think the sentiment there is, what you're saying is that like the book did a better job of explaining just how freaking vast it was right yes. and in, i agree in the time it takes you to write that story you have a lot more freedom to right. tell like exactly yes. how big the oasis is what it takes to get it from here to there um you have just so much more room to tell the story, mm-hmm. and that's I why mean, I thought took, this would be served better as a series. Right. It took Will Wheaton like eight hours to read the whole thing, so. Right. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. So it, um, you guys both liked the change with Og in the quarter then? Yes. What about the change with Adventure? Of the last game? So the whole thing this skull comes back to is a game called Adventure. Yep. It's an Atari 2600 game. Yep. What was the guy's name? Warren Robinette? Yes. What was it? I believe it was Warren Robinette. He's the yes. guy who programmed the very first Easter egg in a video game. Mm-hmm. And it was just his name would flash on screen. Which was what I actually liked you actually got to see it because I've never actually seen what it does. Have you, Matt? What's that? Huh? Have you ever like played Adventure or went and got curious and looked mm-hmm. at what the Easter egg was? Nope. So it was actually cool. They showed it on screen. Yeah, they showed it on screen in the movie. That's what I thought was cool. Yeah. So in the book, adventure isn't the last task. 
No, I think oh. it's the second. I think it's, it's part the, of the second Jade task key. when he the Jade Key when he goes to his house, right? Yes. Yep. And he has to play adventure and find to it. To go through the gate, which that was a little different. Wait, wait, wait. As well. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, I'm pretty sure because he had to go to that village where, or the neighborhood or whatever where he grew up, and then he goes into the house, and that's that the where the holiday, key? the child was there. Or was that the first key? After he uh, went. Ooh, we got to use our whole memories. It's been a long time since I read the book. Right. Um, I remember he had to play Zork. No, it was Daggerath. He had to fight, he had to play against that one guy, the Lick Demi Lick. He had to do Black Tiger. Yeah. So when he joust to get the first key, the copper key, he had to go to his Holiday's original house to play the game, correct? Or right, wh- so the first gate, is uh, the copper key, was in a Dungeons & Dragons dungeon, and he had to play Joust. Yes. Then yep. he had to go into the gate, and this was the first gate, was Middletown, a recreation of James Halliday's hometown, where he played Dungeons of Daggerath, just like Matt said. Okay. Okay. Hold on. And then the second, oh, the second key. The second one was Zork, actually. Yeah, Zork. Was that the White House? Yes, yep. where the you White had to House get the trophies. The trophies. Artemis had to tell him how to beat it. She had to give him a clue. They needed the Captain Crunch whistle. He knew yeah. that. But well, he was... knew that, but he didn't know how to get it. So the first part is you had to play Black Tiger. And then you got... Or, hold on. No, the first part to get the key was Zork. Right? Yep. Right. And then he had to play Black Tiger... Taking place, the game's protagonist completing the game yields the player both a voice-activated robot. Remember? Oh yeah. And he chose some obscure '70s show. Yes. And uh, he got the riddle for the crystal key. Okay. What's the crystal key? The crystal key. The riddle was. Um, he had to go through uh, a flick sink of the Holy Grail, right? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. So was adventure never part of the No, it was part of one of them. I don't it's they, not, they it's not mentioned it. I don't think it was actually part of any of them. I think you're right, Matt. I think it was oh. just mentioned as one of You know what? It was mentioned at I the think, beginning of the book because it was talking about Easter eggs. I need yeah, to find I a think they site. said something like Holiday had mentioned something or another and that's why he wanted to do it that way or something. Right. And I think you're right. Wow. I forgot, like, watching the movie, of course, you you wanted it to be similar to the quest, but I like the little twist of how the keys were received in the movie. So, and the little, like, music references to, like, Back to the Future and Tron and, oh my gosh, there's so many things that I just, you felt warm and fuzzy inside seeing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and you uh, never got to see him get his own apartment and be Bryce Lynch or whatever his name was. Right. Right. But he was never taken into IOI. Okay, so Dungeons of Dagrath. But, then you he, know, then he Nolan's, plays war games. We didn't even talk about war games. No. Okay. Right. But Nolan Sorrento was kind of an idiot leaving his password around. <laughs> okay, that was really funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. Because he's an old dude who's not a techie. Right. He'd have yep. his password written down on a freaking post-it note. <laughs> that was hilarious. And to me, it wasn't just a plot convenience. That was a legitimate funny joke. Yeah. <laughs> that they're going, yeah, this is going to come back and be used. And <laughs> I think 
the writers of the script were Ernest Klein and Cal Penn, if I'm remembering correctly. And that seems like a total Cal Penn move. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know, on IMDb, it says that Steven Spielberg said this was one of the most difficult movies that he's ever made. Hmm. Wow. Well, I can imagine. There's just so much to put into this movie. Oh, yeah. You know, I also appreciated that none of the actors were like these awesome big names either. Oh, the one kid is. uh, Parzival. Parzival's a big guy? He's a big name right now. Oh, okay. He's Cyclops. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. oh. <laughs> I forgot about that, but it's not like you see his face. And that girl's been in a bunch of stuff, too. Olivia Cook, And right. Ben yeah, Mendelsohn's a, on the rise, man. Yeah, she was in uh, Bates Motel. She was in... I can't remember what else. She's been in you. a few things. Olivia Cook, yeah. Now I'm going to get to a change from the book I didn't didn't like. And this is just nitpicking. All right, so it's not that big deal. Ooh, Ben Mendelsohn's <laughs> going to be the sheriff of Nottingham in a new Robin Hood movie. Okay, that sounds off track. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, he's one of my favorite actors right now. Um, okay, the change I didn't really care for was the expansion of Iraq. Oh, because his his turning in over Wade to Sorrento in the book was like the frustration of a petulant child, like who just doesn't get his way, mm. and he's more. I don't know, nefarious in the book. It's almost like adding a second villain. Yeah. Right. Which I just, you know... It's, it's just... like a pair. They're a duo. Correct. Well, Nolan's not smart enough to do any of what he needs to do to build a company, so he has to have, like, I don't know, he's good maniacal... at the company part. He's not, he's not good at the video gaming stuff. Exactly. So he needs IROC to do all those things. But, you know, his neck, I kind of slipped my disc. Right. So you got to stand to the right. I mean, to my left. <laughs> yeah. And what did you think of his avatar? I didn't really care for the skull. and the. It just made him look like he was a bad like guy. A du- it was like watching an Ed Hardy <laughs> avatar. <laughs> what I, I think that's what they were kind of trying to get at, though, was that, like, oh, he's an infamous, you know, mercenary who would lick a sixer boot for, you know, whatever... Right. Artifact or something. Right. <laughs> He's just a douchebag. I right. like that they didn't make him too hardcore. They kind of gave him this personal touch. Like, he wanted to be friends with Sorrento, but fr- friends was not what Sorrento wanted. Because he would always try and, like, you know, be hey, buddy you, with him. What are you doing later? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> Click. I like that humor that they put into the character between yeah. Nolan and Iraq. So... Um, any other changes you guys noticed or want to talk about? What, what do you think overall of the movie? I thought it was amazing. I do have a few nitpicks, though. Ooh, um, let's hear them. Uh, it's not that I didn't like the race. I just thought it was <laughs> it was over too quickly. Um, yeah, I'll give you that. There, there was a lot of action, like going through. You know, they had to dodge all the whatever the stuff, the T Rex, the. Uh, Kong. Wrecking Balls, Kong. They had to dodge a bunch of stuff just to get, just to actually get to Kong. But like, it took just a couple of minutes. And I would have liked to seen like, I, I don't know, they could add something to it to make it longer and 
seem like more worthwhile and like, oh, you know, a few people have gotten to Kong, but nobody's ever gotten past them. Kind of right. Thing. It's mm-hmm. impossible to get past them. It'd be fun to have seen a montage yeah. of Wade being smashed 4,500 times. Right. Over right. and over again. Or, or, or him and, uh, you know, the, the three people and, you know, get smashed over and over. That would have been cool. Um, right, trying to set up some sort of Rube Goldbergian launching system to try to get him over Kong where they're testing yeah. it to see if anything can get around him. That'd be, that'd have been fun. Yeah. Okay. I think just the race, the race in general could have been longer too. Like True. they could have, they could have added so, on, you know, so many things. Agreed. But, uh, but okay. What other nitpicks do I have? Well, obviously the, uh, rush song never got to hear it. Disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointed. Any um, song. Come on, Joe. Where's the drop? Uh, let's see what else. Disappointed. There you go. I had like two or three more that I can't really think of at the moment. I kind of wanted to see um, Artemis like have the actual like giant scar that they describe, or well, birthmark that they describe in the book, but it was kind of smaller than I had envisioned Imagine. it. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. There were a few. There were, there were like two or three that were like, they were definitely not like giant disappointments or anything, and they, you know, it wasn't anything like uh, super wrong with the movie. But I did. They were kind of bigger nitpicks, and I can't think of what they were now. A lot of it had to go by quick. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like I don't know how it felt for you watching it the second time, Shannon. But the first time I was like, oh, I want to sit there for a little bit while. A little bit while longer, you know, because in the book, after the keys or after the gates, it's like, oh, okay, what what's next? And there's a lot of time discussing about what's next. Where yep. in the book, it's like it happened already, or in the movie, I'm sorry, it's like, yeah, yeah, we're off movie, to like, the next thing already. Quit, yeah, we left you behind. We already figured it out, <laughs> right? And it's like, and he told everybody how to do it. I yep. like that part of the book. I like the adventure of mm-hmm. you know, it's like a mystery puzzle, and I want that. And that disappointed me as and well. I mean, and yeah, they they in the movie they they even have him accidentally you know get his name out there, which in the in the book it was actually something that he didn't you know he, he didn't do it uh, like it wasn't a conscious thing he was telling somebody he put it in the school thing or whatever right right was but the the movie I mean they had it they had him slip that out and they could have done that for some of the other clues you know so I don't know. I didn't yeah. think that it was that big of a deal. I thought it still worked out pretty well, but right. Oh, I was sure. disappointed that we didn't get to see Og's castle or mansion or whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, that would have been so, kind of a nice play. A lot of like what Matt was just saying though before that was a lot of the focus has been taken away from the mystery of the clues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's all just blown through so quickly and they figure it all out so fast. Yeah, that, I thought uh, you think the, that's less you know, fun, they, right? I don't, I don't know. I mean, do you? Do you think that's that makes it less fun to, or do you think it um, makes it more contemporary? I think, I think it's it's a less fun necessity. Like you said, they had. I mean, they kind of had to. They couldn't take. You know, they if they had taken all the time to explain some of uh, the clues and stuff. I mean, it would have been a three hour movie at least. So right. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they didn't I, I take the like time for him to take the Excalibur guitar out and do the solo or whatever. <laughs> right. I like how they they did some of the clues though. Like even though it went by quickly, I liked how the the one that they found in the uh, the museum where he's like, you know, they watch him talking to Og in the cafeteria right. or whatever. 
Yeah, the party. I, I thought those were kind. Of, it was kind of neat how they did that. I wasn't too disappointed in how they did it, but correct. I, I, I agree think, with I you think there. It was kind of like an unnecessary or a, a necessary evil that they couldn't just give the whole backstory of the entire time. It would have been a mm-hmm. really long film. So, and you know what? Well, I'm just gonna get to like some of my final thoughts here. But I get that this is a this is a tough adaptation. Um, and I don't think anybody could have handled it, but the guy who wrote the original, right. because he has to make these tough decisions and he has, cause it's his baby. Right. He's got to figure out which limbs to cut off. No moaner. But at the same time, the fact that it was so different, I think almost helped it on, you know, retrospection. Cause I had to think about it for a long time after I saw it. I was like, did I, what do I think about this? You know, is it, is it as good? Is it too different? But I think that the fact that it was so different helps it more. Because it was like 90% new. And that 10% old material was like was like a treat. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was 90% old material, I'd be really craving that other 10% with my OCD problems. But because it was all pretty much new material and that 10% was basically the foundation of everything that made the book great, I think that made the movie great. And I would rate this movie solidly at an 8. Um... Maybe maybe a little higher now that Matt's cured me of my uh, I love you sickness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you too. Um, but other than that, I, th- I think it was a whimsical, stunning, uh, visual cornucopia of awesomeness. Yes. Heck yeah. And yeah, the fanboy in me was super thrilled to see all that crap on screen. What about you, Shannon? What do you think? I, after seeing it twice now, I think I appreciate the movie more because I read the book. I think... Spoiler alert, Shannon was not happy when we left the theater the first time. I was not. I was was exactly what Matt was telling everyone. I had a hard time separating myself from the book. And I was looking forward to so much that was going to happen from the book that I couldn't wait to see it on screen. And like Joe said, I had to come home and just think about it and kind of write my thoughts down. And I wrote some reviews about it. And it it just made me appreciate the fact that you couldn't put all that on screen. Okay? No. I was being very unrealistic. And I can't say I want, I want, I want. When they gave a great story, mm-hmm. like the only right. problem I had with it was I wanted that love story to have that gap that mm. climax, so to speak. Ooh, you wanted climax with your love story. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you anymore, Parzival or Wade or whatever. But then, like the very next scene, she kidnaps him, and oh, I'm sorry. Like, okay, oh yeah, there there was a resistance this time. That was yeah. Like, so yeah, that was a- that was different. But yeah. I appreciated the different story because it still was great, and it still had everything that I enjoyed, and even so much more. And I'm looking forward to another book. And I'll still read the book even though the movie is different. And I would still rate it just as high. The visual effects. And I'm not this huge gamer either. No, um, you're not. I I am one hell of a moaner. <laughs> I overall just enjoyed the... I don't know. The reality of everyone wanting to be someone else. Okay. What well, would you rate it? I rated it pretty high. I think I rated it like an 8.8. 8.8? Yeah. All right. What about you, Matt? Um, 
there were some slight nuances like Shannon touched on and you did, Joe, that they couldn't do um, a full-on adaptation, even if they made it different, but stuck to every single uh, sentiment that the book was after. They couldn't just couldn't do that. Like, it's impossible. I thought they could have done a slightly better job, but I was still pretty amazed at how well they did. I still think the book was slightly better, even though the movie was phenomenal. I'm just like a huge fan of the book. Yeah. Um, so uh, there was some slight nuances. I, I think I mentioned most of them. Another one I kind of would have liked to see, uh, even though the end fight was phenomenal, I kind of would have liked to see a little bit more to it. I, I don't know. I think it's. It, it, I mean, they kind of portrayed it pretty well, but I would have liked right. to see them like more of them cutting down the IOI defenses and stuff like that. More nuanced. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been better served if they had like cut down the IOI defenses, uh, and then they had like um, you know all the the gunters you know surging in on the castle right as what's his face activates the bomb, rather than you know they're still fighting when that happens, but. Like I said, it's just some nuances. It's more mostly nitpicking, really. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I but yeah, Voltron. What's that? <laughs> I wanted to see Voltron. Right. I thought Gundam was pretty cool, and Gundam's God, the right. Iron, the Iron Giant. I didn't like when I saw it in the previews. I was like, you know, I am a fan of the Iron Giant, but I don't think it's that cool. And then you know, when they saw it, when I saw it in the movie, I was like, that's fucking badass, right? Because <laughs> you forget he's also a death machine. Oh yes, yeah. He, he just uh, you know tampers it down for the little kid. Right, right. Superman. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah. If uh, H had made him say that. Yeah. <laughs> and Vin Diesel actually came back to do the voice. That'd have been fun. So what do you rate it, bud? Uh, I'm gonna give it a nine point three. Nine point three. That is very oh, high on a Matt high. scale. Matt is pretty stingy with his nines yeah, and tens. Uh, well, I'm in a game. I'm a gamer, and the book. You know, I don't think they. I think they could have done a better job with the adaptation, but I think they still did a phenomenal job. So yeah, I don't uh, know. The book would how much better be they like could have done. Point. I mean, if we're honest with right. ourselves, how much more could they have done? Right. Like I'm saying, it's mostly nitpicking it. Right. That, uh, you know, it, it's hard because it, I'm like you. I want to see. I wanted more of the book to be there, but you know what? The book's still there. I can right. listen to Will Wheaton read it to me in his sultry tones anytime I want. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What, what would you guys rate the book? Oh, the book's a solid ten. <laughs> I mean, for me, is, it's a ten. Is there an over ten? It's ten. So like ten plus. I, I would give the book like a nine point nine. See, he's so stingy, <laughs> <laughs> and you can't get more in Matt's wheelhouse than Ready Player One, unless yeah. it also had some sort of elven like woman in a schoolgirl outfit riding him. Like that too. Yeah. Get all that shit. <laughs> you know what? There's. One- <sighs> thing that i had with this movie oh let's hear it before we go this why does artemis's eyes have to be so big like we're in avatar land she's an anime character i know but yeah they they were i mean they kind of didn't they kind of describe it that way in the you know what kind of got me off though was uh h's character i don't remember them saying that he was this giant like i remember them saying he was no Kind of bigger, but I don't remember them saying like, "Oh, it's this giant orc dude with, uh, you know." Yeah, the cybernetic enhancements and stuff was never mentioned. Right, right. So some of those tweaks, I was like, "The characters are fine, leave them alone." So, but it bothered my kids who love the book. It bothered them how different Artemis looked. They're like, "That's not Artemis." Uh, I don't know. In the book, they described her as not skinny too. Well, in real life, right. either right. She 
in the book it says her real person and her avatar looked almost identical except for the, the birthmark. Yep. Yeah. That was it. So. So that's my only thing, but I think it's a decent movie to go see. For sure. Oh yes. Yes. Oh yeah. And you I can't say this enough. Go see it on the big screen. Yes. Is that where we're all going to land on this? Absolutely go see it. Oh yes. Absolutely. And you know Okay, for people who haven't read the book, would you want them to read it first and go see the movie? Or you want them to just go see the movie and then maybe read the book? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I, I, don't, I think you're fine either way, actually. I think okay. you can read the book and think, oh, wow, that's, you know, this is a good film adaptation. Or you can, you can see the movie, then read the book and think, holy shit, this, is, uh, this book's awesome. Yeah, I think it's I agree with two that. great adaptations. I think yep. you could do either. I, I agree with Matt. So, All right, I'm, man. I can pick up the book, read it anytime, and watch the movie and get a totally different feel. So, Well, I think we touched on just about everything there. Mm-hmm. Um, we all really loved the movie. We all are absolute fans of the book, and we want more. We want more from Ernest Klein. Mm-hmm. We want more from oh, Ready, Ready Player One Verse. I can't wait for Ready Player Two. Um, I would even like it, because they've been doing this still lately. It's so weird. If Amazon picked up a freaking series of it, that'd be fantastic, too, and we could see a more nuanced version Um than what we were given and maybe a cartoon i'd watch a cartoon of this yeah where licensing is less strict because you can just make it look like ultraman (laughs) but call it superman you know oh it's mr truck robot man exactly (laughs) they did that in teen titans go for sure so (laughs) um but yeah so that's kind of where we're at with the movie dummies uh this will be going out today so if you're hearing this on today it'll be out today and uh, join us today, being November fourth. No. Correct. No. <laughs> join us uh, this uh, Saturday coming up for Coming to America, oh. where we'll be discussing Eddie Murphy <laughs> and his uh, Prince Akeem. So, uh, thank you to Matt and Shannon for yeah. hanging out with me and for uh, discussing something we truly, truly love. We can't wait to thanks, see what guys. comes next. Yeah, thanks. All right, movie dummies out. Out. Thanks for listening to these idiots. I cannot wait until the seas finally take over. Until then, rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and visit us at moviedummies.com for more content. <laughs>